There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi guys, this is Charisma Carpenter from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, your favorite bitch on wheels. You're listening to Buffy Back Issue Bin. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Bin, the show where we go through all the Buffy, Angel, and Firefly comics. Wow, I have not heard that intro in a long time. It's been, I don't know, a couple months, yeah. Well, that's the thing, now that we've slowed down to just doing the current arcs. I know, and then I was waiting for you to say all of the issues in canon chronological. We talked about this last time, that intro is dead. Because they're not in chronological order anymore. Well, they're not the old canon. That's true. And if we, since we're just going through them one at a time now, they are chronological. Yeah. What we're going to do today, we're going to be doing the second arc of Firefly plus the Saffron one-shot and the free comic book day special. And I'm Emily. Oh, yeah. Forgot to say my name. I'm Zach. Hi. The fun thing, though, is we're not actually rusty at doing this. If you want to get issue-by-issue reviews, non-spoiler and spoiler-filled ones that are different kind of look at the issue than what we do here you can get those over at patreon.com slash editors note comics for as little as a dollar a month yeah i am just plugging early you are but to start off this as the last arc it's written by greg puck pencils by dan mcdade and colors by marcelo costa but let's just dive in the arc opens on bethlehem where zoe is running away on a wagon filled with the parts that the crew of serenity need to you know get off the planet to get mal who's been kidnapped Things are on fire. I do like this opening page with a good use of text, some onomatopoeia, some bl- gigantic blam, blam, blams up top. And on bottom. Yeah, it's not just usual text. It's kind of built into the landscape. It looks really cool. It's just a good effect and I like it. Worth bringing up. But they escape as they do, of course, with the help of our new dashing rogue, Chang Benitez, who is hitting on Kaylee. His name is Leonard. I guess it is his first name. Is that funny? I don't know. Chang Benitez sounds cooler than Leonard. Leonard. No, I really like it. So he has a big crush on Kaylee and everybody's making fun of Simon for it. Not my joke, but I'm going to use it anyway. It's a Pete Holmes joke. Leonard has the name nerd in it. <laughs> yes, but he was talking about also a very cool Leonard. So. Leonard Kravitz. Yes. The whole color scheme on these first pages is very subdued, but it works nicely. It makes the fire stand out. Yeah, a lot of reds and yellows. And one of the downsides of doing something that happens in between the show and the movie is there is some dramatic tension cut down now that there's a little bit of a love triangle with Simon and Kaylee and Leonard. Right, because Leonard doesn't get brought up in... I like how we're just continuing to call him Leonard. Leonard doesn't get brought up in the movie. Yes, theoretically something could happen. No, it couldn't. But it feels weird for us to not mention Leonard once during all of the excitement in serenity well if leonard was going to exist i mean we know they're not going to hook up there's a line out of serenity that always gets a big laugh with audiences where was it kaylee says going on a year now ain't been nothing twixt my nethers weren't run on batteries that's a lot that was a lot that you just said that (laughs) and everything about that is a lot it's kind of early in the morning guys and like that was just a lot for everything right now So we know they don't hook up because, you know, of her... Well, you could have just said there's a line in Serenity that lets us know that they don't hook up. Her declaration of vibrators lets us know that, you know, nothing happens. So all in all, I'm not that worried about the sexual tension. No. Anyway, Leonard's with us now. But while all the flirting is happening between Kaylee and Leonard, Zoe is being patched up by Simon because, you know, she was shot by Wash. But also Wash was shot by Zoe, and he's not being patched up, so... They're all shot in knees. So I feel like that's a bigger thing than just being patched up. Who knows? Anyway. Future bullets. They both have major leg injuries that we're not going to really deal with. And they're both giving Simon life advice that, you know, he's got to make a move or Kaylee's going to get swept away by another, by another nerd. Chang Benitez is not a nerd. Leonard. Just his name is nerdy. (laughs) 
But Jane comes in. He's like, we're going to need a new captain here. And as he always does, he tries to take over the ship. But then Zoe, like a badass. Casually. Don't forget that she is basically incapacitated with her legs right now, too. Using one hand to sip a coffee and the other to point a gun right at Jane. Which, to be fair, without two hands on that thing, that is going to have some kick. Yeah. But it still looks really cool. I think this is one of my favorite moments in this arc is just Zoe being like, yeah, no, without using any words. And I think it's really funny that Jane backs down and almost immediately. He's like, yep, yeah, that's right. You're the captain. I am the captain now. What was that? You still haven't seen the movie. What was it? Captain Phillips. You haven't seen it either. Yes, I have. When? Where was I? I don't know. Japan? Really? I don't know. I don't remember when that came out. Okay. But yes, I've seen it. Huh. I thought you were just doing these impressions based off the trailer. <laughs> no. Huh. It's fine. It was a good movie. He's going to be Mr. Mr. Rogers. Rogers. I want to see that one. That looks. Yeah, that does look good. Looks like a good tearjerker. Yes, it does. Maybe I shouldn't watch that one in public. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't go to the theater for just that one. Just the comfort of my own home on that one. But Zoe, of course, wants to go find Mal, as you do. Yep. I mean, that's always her thing. She's like, ah, he's kidnapped again. And everybody's Mal like- Mal gets kidnapped a lot. But she's an alliance unificator, so is that really a great idea? And Zoe's like, don't really care. We're doing it anyway. And Leonard's in for it. And Simon's like, oh, man. Jane isn't super on board with it because- Jane. Jane. So Zoe does something really interesting. And she's like, yep, no hard feelings. Anybody can get off at the next stop. But we're going on. Whoever's still on the ship. I haven't heard that before in this world. I've heard that before. The way this whole book is structured, the plan for, is for the story to be a year. I'm sure there's going to be more after that. But this story itself is going to be 12 issues. So right now we're really in act two of it. And for- Basically, all of Act 2, Jane is deeply unlikable. Usually he'll end up with some redeeming quality at some point, is what we've seen so far and from the TV show and the other comics and the movie. And I'm sure that there will be some sort of at least small redemption for Jane in the third act, but... Yeah, at least for this one, he everything he does is very unlikable. And not even like, that's a bold move, Jane. It's just like... I'm going to take over. I'm going to sell everyone out. Yeah. and cowardly at the same time, like... Yeah, I'm sure that there's going to be something in the next four issues, but at least for these four, not a likable fella. And to give our writers some credit, this is very much within Jane's character. Yeah. It sounds like Jane. It very much feels like Jane. It's not that we're saying that Jane is unlike the character that we have come to know. I was going to say know and love, but no, Jane is unlikable. Let us all be shocked. <laughs> Cut over to Boss Moon and Mal. He's been kidnapped by her, She and they're trying to... You know, or I shouldn't say they. Mal's trying to make a compromise. Let me go. Yeah. She says no. Okay then. Okay, so your one of your favorite parts in this arc was earlier with Zoe and the gun. One of my favorite parts is right now. Boss Moon's mom calls. She calls a lot. She's a real off-screen character. She's a real Maris. She (laughs) is a real Maris. I love Frasier. Anyway. That's just what you're watching, so that was my connection point. I know. And I'm like 25 years late on the Frasier bandwagon. But you know what? I'm happy to be on it at this stage in my life. Anyway. Boss Boone's mom calls and she's like, are you eating cold beans out of a can? And she's like, no, not. Of course she is. But I love, which is, of course, what her mom is meant to do. Her mom humanizes Boss Moon a little bit or starts the humanizing process because spoiler throughout this arc we're gonna get quite a bit more about boss moon and so i just like that that was our first taste into it 
She'll call back a few other times. She will. Mal runs at Boss Moon while he's still tied up. She throws him aside, which, whoops-a-daisy, throws him into the control, and they crash on a planet. Kasploosh. <laughs> which was a great sound effect. She's trying to still get him to the Unificator base. They're walking about, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, giant centipede. Yeah, so... This planet is evidently inhabited by ginormous bugs that feel very Buffy-like, but it's a new thing for our world in Firefly. Yeah, I want to tackle this for a second. Up until this point, we've had no indication of anything other than regular old-sized animals. The only other example we get of it is in The Message. When there's a space station, they have like a circus sideshow. They're like, look at this alien life. And it's just a cow that was mutated that's supposed to be upside down. But then the prop people didn't put it in upside down. Good job, 2002 prop people. So harsh. Way to call them out on it 17 years later. Yeah. So I don't know. We're also going to see in the free comic book day special a larger than average boar that almost looks like it could walk on hind legs. Right. So it's our first indication of anything in the world that isn't normal. And I can roll with it. Like if you were to say, you know, genetic experiments with the idea of um, increasing livestock size or something like the way that we have already done that with like strawberries in real life. If you wanted to say 500 years later, we've upped that with animals as well. And the side effect is that also the bugs have gotten this. Or- yeah, or maybe something weird happens with terraforming, but there's no explanation for it. And to be fair, I'm going to say I dropped the ball on this one, guys. The- Greg Pak was doing an AMA on Twitter, and I asked a basketball question instead. What did she get for an answer? I was curious where he wanted to see Jeremy Lin go, because it's no secret online that that's his favorite player, and now that he's in free agency. Where did he want him to go? He's just preferably East Coast, so he didn't have to stay up late for West Coast games. Wow, you sound so much like you. It's not even funny. (laughs) I can understand that. Yes. I hate West Coast games. I only watch games until about 8.30. So you see about 20 minutes of a game. And then I fall asleep. (laughs) And then I usually wake up for the last few minutes of the fourth quarter. And I feel like I've seen a really good chunk of the game. So there we go. So anywho, I probably should have asked about the big bugs and the boar. Asked about Jeremy Lin instead. That's that's on me, guys. But if we do find out anything, we'll let you know. I can be totally on board with either of those explanations. I mean, the amount of weird things that they've tried to do with science, like Miranda, and then having things go terribly wrong, like Miranda, does not <laughs> seem terribly unrealistic that a weird side effect would be mutating bugs into ginormous creatures that then attack humans. So anyway, Boss Moon and Mal are in a little bit of trouble. So they have to team up to survive the walk to the Unificator's base because otherwise they're going to get eaten by big-ass bugs. Back with the crew, Zoe goes off for a drink while everyone's getting the ship repaired and Jane's being a bit of a curmudgeon, bit of a crab, if you will. Hmm, I've never met a curmudgeon. (laughs) What must it be like? But Zoe goes to a bar where she's going to get a drink and some food, but little does she know, there's a wanted poster with her face on it and the patrons see her. Dun, dun, dun. Cliffhanger. Until right now. So with Zoe's wanted poster, the other patrons of the bar attack her. Yes. Or do they? Instead of wanting to take Zoe in for the ransom, which, you know, probably would have benefited them a bit. Yep. Always take the ransom. Yep. You sound like Jane. And we just (laughs) talked about how Jane is very unlikable in this whole arc. Anyway, they tell Zoe that, in fact, they're brown coats too, and the war never really ended for them. But here's my confusion. Why would you not lead with that? Because Zoe gets in quite a few punches before they're like, hold on, we're on the same side. I feel like we could have solved that whole problem by just saying, we're on the same side at the beginning. Maybe don't rush her. Yeah. (laughs) We got her. 
And they want to use Zoe as a figurehead of sorts, a leader. And she wants to use them to go save Mal from Boss Moon. Yes. It's a real mutual agreement. (laughs) Except that we found out very quickly that they want to restart the whole war. And Zoe's like, no, I just want to go find this one guy. The war's done so we're just going to leave that part there. But I do need your help to get this one guy. And they're like, okay. Maybe Zoe should do a little more listening and a little more shooting her husband in the knee. A little more? Oh, a little less. <laughs> Sorry, whatever. He's going to die in like a week from a giant spike through the chest. Well, she already shot him in both knees. So I don't it's know how many knee. more just knees we want to shoot. It's really that big spike that does him in. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you're right. But while Zoe is away, Kaylee is repairing the ship. Everyone is arguing and or flirting. Kaylee's arguing and flirting. You know what struck me today? (laughs) How unlikable Jane is, even in this scenario. What I can only refer to is Greg Pak's pension for handsome Asian rogues. Yes. And in this case, creating a love triangle. Do you want to know what his handsome Asian rogue is doing in his Star Wars book? Creating a love triangle? With Han and Leia. Oh. Well, they're not. To, it's between episodes four and five. Okay. I should really have clarified the time frame there. You should really have clarified the time frame. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just very awkward. But okay, great. But yeah, handsome Asian rogues making love triangles all over the place. Doesn't matter what kind of universe you're in. If you're having a Star War or if you're having a unification, they're war. all in space, though. You have to be in space. Fair. And be having a war, a war in space. But Jane and Book argue a bit, and books might turn on Jane. Probably not. They've always been buds. That's because Book is really probably the most patient one out of everybody on this crew. But the one who's committed the most murder. Also true. Do you know what it reminds me? So we're all winners. Every time you remind me of that fact, all I can think of is that the guy who played Saruman in Lord of the Rings was an actual real life was actually murderer. a real life murderer. And I think well, about not, the fact that well, you told me that murder. so weirdly often. You haven't told me it so weirdly often. It just like enters my mind at weird points. Like, how often do I bring this up? Yeah, you he brought it up like every time we've watched it, but still. He's British Secret Service. Yeah, he, he I, he's done some killing. Also released a bunch of metal albums. Are you going to tell me your anecdote that you tell me every time? I was going to skip it. It's not my anecdote. It was something I watched on a special feature. Well... I have never watched that special feature or I slept through it. So I'm glad that you gleaned out the good stuff and gave it to me. Thank God. Look, he was saying that when he was stabbed in the back, that's not the sound that someone makes when they're stabbed in the back. Yes. Because he stabbed a lot of people in Isn't the back. That a fascinating thing. I don't know. I don't know. That just like enters my mind a weird amount. Like, how did this man's life bring him all the way to then fake stabbing a man in the back while he's in his 80s? He had to have been in his 80s. I don't think at that point. Let's say seven, late 60s, early 70s. In Lord of the Rings? Yeah, I okay. guess. Well, that's not what we're here to talk anyway, about. Anyway, so back to this. It just makes me think of that every time that book is like, I have a past. And all I can think of is that guy being like, this is what it sounds like when you stab people. Zoe's like, get the ship together, everyone. And they go, okay. And then Wash goes, all right, we'll get it together. Then he turns around. He's like, wait, Zoe's off on another ship. She's abandoned us. Yes, because... She can't get anyone else involved in this new potential warfare. Right. So she just kind of leaves everybody else on the ground, but they don't have the ship fixed yet, so they can't go after her right away. We see a weird little flashback for Zoe. Yeah. of Right after the hospital bombing, we find out that the next place they're going to be going is Serenity Valley, which gives us a time frame for when this happened, which is nice. So right at the end. Yeah. Well, right before the end. Meanwhile, on the good ship Serenity, net with Mal and Zoe gone, there's now a power struggle. Who will lead them? Spoiler alert, there's not actually a power struggle between anybody else except Jane and everybody else. Wash says, 
he's the captain now. Which Still makes sense. It. And Jane calls him Captain Dumbass. You know, Jane's comeback is pretty bad, but Leonard in this one. The nerd stands th- th- out. Yeah, this is where he actually is a nerd. Great name for you. All it reminded me of you is. You nerd. I am rubber, you are glue. Whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you. I don't think you've said that in a while because you added way too many words in there. You say it with fewer words. I'm rubber, your glue bounces off me and sticks on you. I don't know. Anyway. Less verbose than your version. It's about the same level of nerdiness, though. So Jane decides to leave the ship. Sad times. Or they kick him off. It's kind of unclear. They don't really spend a lot of time on uh, trying to keep him around, shall we say. Simon is jealous, though, very jealous of Chang Benitez. Nerd. Leonard. And River calls him out on it, which I absolutely love. But while Jane is outside of the ship and everyone's arguing, local authorities approach with a warrant for Hoban Washburn, and River immediately points at Jane and goes, that's him, that's Wash. And (laughs) Jane is arrested. Jane is arrested, and Simon and River have to go with him, or they do go with him, and while this is all happening, Simon's like, go, go to Serenity so that Serenity will leave without them. So we are now separated into four places. We have Mal on the bug planet. We have Zoe in the air with the brown coats. We have Wash. Anara, Kaylee, Book, and Leonard. On Serenity. And, and Jane, have... Simon, and Kaylee, who are following Jane around and being arrested. Yes, going to jail. We find Mal on his bug planet shooting things away when all of a sudden, I don't, do we get a name for her? Boss Moon. For the mother. Bustman's mom. I'm going to call her Maris. So Maris calls back. Right, because Mal has wrested one of the guns away from Boss Moon, and he's like, we're just going to separate. I'm going to go my way. You go your way. Except that Mal's gun immediately runs out of power. Immediately. He has a 3% battery charge left because that's Mal's luck. Oh, you should plug that in and probably go into low power mode. And in the meantime, Maris calls. <laughs> Not a real name. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, so Mal also has her phone. In Boss Moon's mom calls. She's like, oh, you must be her friend Malcolm. Well, I'm so glad she's with a friend. She really needs them. You know, she's been real alone after the war. Some bad things happened. I think she was sad after this hospital bombing. And then she lost an eye. And, you know, it's just good to hear about her connecting with others. And you should also eat more brown rice mixed half and half with white rice. Good for the digestion, apparently. Yes. So, But do you have to cook them at different speeds? I imagine you would. This seems like more work than it's worth. No, it depends on which kind of rice you have. Okay. I like jasmine rice. Okay. Gotten what I'm throwing down. (laughs) Okay, cool. Sometimes I buy you jasmine rice, and sometimes I don't. (laughs) So during this whole conversation, Mal, being the soft he is, has gone back to Boss Moon and uses his remaining 3% battery charge to kill a giant bug that's about to get her. (laughs) Your mom says hi. And she says to eat more brown rice. So they team up because they're both going to die without each other. Also, does Mal plug in his weapon? We don't know. We just kind of leave that part. I know. Says your mom says to call it. Call her back. My line was from that Lonely Island song after they nope. were, were mother lovers for the nope. next one. Whatever the... you were going to say about... Was that the three-way one? There was one before the three-way one. I don't remember. I don't... Your mom says hi. Jinx. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. <laughs> so that... Whatever. So now they're they're, they're not friends. <laughs> That's but... so much more disturbing, though. You just put a weird and disturbing bent on this, whereas Maris is just kind of like a nice background, like, hi, I'm your new friend Maris. So they get some sticks and some guns, and they're going to fight the bugs together, as, once again, Mal has an uneasy friend. 
on Serenity, Kaylee is against leaving, I'm not going to say Jane behind, Kaylee is against leaving Simon and River behind. Yeah, which makes sense, right? Because that's Kaylee. So her plan is to take Anara's shuttle, and she's going to go off with Leonard, and she's going to go back and try and save Simon and River by herself. Well, with, you know, as previously mentioned, Leonard. Wasn't there another shuttle, or is there only the one? There is another shuttle. I don't know why she takes Anara's. Maybe it was damaged earlier. Maybe. I mean, it could be so many things. Probably Anara's shuttle is more seaworthy, spaceworthy. But Anara also tells Kaylee to stay out of her sex toy chest, and now we know the origin of Kaylee's vibrator. Anyway, we've talked about that enough, so <laughs> we're going to move on. And Chang Vanitez goes with Kaylee to keep her safe, and also because he has a crush on her, and Anara tells him to be good. Wash is able to speak with Zoe over communicator, and she flies away for him to totally lose wherever she's going. And he doesn't know what she's going to do. Is she going to do more war crimes? Is she going to get herself killed? Is she going to get Mal killed? Will she ever come back to him? I mean, probably. But So in their desperation, we have Book and Inara who decide to pool their not insignificant resources and reach among their networks to see who they can find who will be able to find Zoe or find Mal or find both of them and whom we can manipulate to make it all work. Okay, but this is the weird part is that it's not weird at all. This is the part where when you randomly bold things in comics, it drives me nuts. Because every time that they have Anara talking about her contacts, they always say, I don't like to use my professional contacts for personal business. And every time they bold it to be like, just so you remember, her professional contacts are through her courtesan business. They're her sex contacts from her sexual contact. Wow. How long has that been stewing in your brain? Play back the tape. You cut me off once, but I I hung on to it for another (laughs) 10 seconds. It's like, uh, nope, I like that one. I'm going to use it. I, you see in your face that you had something that was not going to be very couth coming out of your mouth. So I tried, guys. But because Boss Moon is under a specific alliance contract, Book and Anara think that they might be able to use uh, their- Personal, co- professional contacts for personal business. To basically have it so the contract goes away or the alliance goes after Boss Moon instead. From there, Book and Anara go down to a planet and Book's talking to some shady business dealer who definitely knows about his past or his fake past where he worked for the Alliance, but he wasn't really himself, you know, where he found himself in a bowl of soup. It's a whole thing. We did a previous episode on it. Look it up. It's a whole graphic novel if you're interested. It's a good one. But they go down, they're able to find one of Anara's professional contacts. And she says to that contact, I'm not here for our regular business, but maybe something else that will interest you. And, you know, he's a man of mystery. He's an Austin Powers, I guess. I don't know why I use that term. And but So they agree to meet. Meanwhile, Mal and Boss Moon continue to stab bugs on this planet. And Boss Moon's like, hey, I don't like you, but whenever we get to my Unificator base, if I decide to turn you over, Mal's like, aha, if. Yes, I've never really seen Dumb and Dumber, but there's that one line in it so where it's like, yes, yes, right? I don't yeah. even remember what the first part of it is. The context but... was like, uh, do I have a shot with you? She's like, one in a million. So you're saying there's a chance. It kind of feels like what Mal is doing. Here's the other part, though. I mean... that movie You've never seen that movie? No. Sorry, we need to... that movie is hilarious. Okay, well, I've never seen it. Is Dumb and Dumber 
good too? I never saw it, but my understanding is no. Okay, cool. That was the prequel. I also never saw the sequel. Every time this works for Mal, every time he turns on his roguish charm and he wins over everybody who's trying to turn him in or kill him or do whatever. Except Saffron who got him naked and left him. And that's, that is so true. That's so true. Because what I was going to say is that just once I want to see it not work. I mean, not here because he would die because a bug would eat him. But you know what? We did see it not work one time, so I take that back. But we see Zoe with the previous brown coats and also some new ones, some ones that are too young, but they've lost things because of the war. And they're all going to gather up arms. They're like, and we're ready for the unification war part two. And she's like, yeah, I'm ready for the, the what? She's like, the who's a what now? Just so we're super clear. This is my favorite part. She tries to send home the 16-year-old kid, but nobody wants to go fly in a shuttle with a 16-year-old kid and miss the action. So she's like, fine, I guess the 16-year-old kid is staying. But we're just going to get Mal, nothing else. And they're all, they literally got it like all their old independence flags to like, we're a fight in a war. Yep. And so, whoopsie daisy. Not great. Not great. Not great. Wash also finds some of these other brown coats that are going over to join Zoe's cause, because that's what we're going to call it Zoe's cause. Yep. And they're like, she's starting the war again. And he's like, are you, are you sure that we're talking about the same Zoe? I mean, probably. And they have guns, and they're pointing motive-wise. guns at everybody. Like, if you're not with us, you're against us. And Wash is like, I was a POW. Leave me alone. Wash is like, I was, I'm was. i literally married to her, so I'm definitely not against her. I just want to find some information out. But meanwhile, they're just like swinging these guns around in everybody's faces. And this is my favorite book moment of this arc. He whips the gun away from one of them. He goes, I am tired of you pointing guns in people's faces. And then he points the gun back at them. The POW thing is interesting. That is a new hair of information that we've never gotten before. Although it kind of makes sense. I don't know if the... It makes sense that Wash has been detained somewhere during the whole war because you would think that if he married Zoe and he was friends with Mal, like he would probably be at least sympathetic to the Browncoats cause. So it makes sense that he was yeah, out of the war for a reason. If I, I think this is a little bit interesting. It raises an eyebrow for me a bit because there's no context to this. I guess to be fair, all. we don't know. We know nothing. This is literally all we know now is he said he spent most of the war at a POW camp. But we don't know which side he was on. He could have gone against. I'm, I, I'm assuming that he was. If he got married to Zoe, I'm going to take a stab at what side he was on. Well, yeah, me too. But I mean, who knows that it could have been in that POW camp that he realized that the alliance was so terrible. I don't know. Yeah, there's literally no context or information about this. So I'm curious about this little new tidbit. Meanwhile, Jane is still being arrested. He's like, I'm not Wash in Rivers there. He's like, but if you weren't Wash, how would you know to call yourself Wash Wash? Wouldn't you just call yourself Hoban? Also, it's just quite the name, Hoban Washburn. And the fact that you just called him Hoban, just like, I, I even knew who you were talking about. And I'm still like, who? She's like, and maybe if you get away, you'll be able to turn in these Tam people that you know so much about. And Shane's like, I could. And then he's confused and he gets tased. <laughs> yes. And so Kaylee. We're is, all glad. <laughs> Kaylee's listening to this. She's like, we'll save River and Simon, but Jane can rot. And Chang Bennett has Leonard himself. Once again, that's kind of a nerd moment. He's like, I don't know. The power of friendship. I bet we can all overcome anything. It's not what he says. It's not at all what he says. It's pretty close. But it's weirdly close. He said, you know, we need to all work together. Except that so far, Jane has done nothing productive for them. I mean, he has he just got prior tased. to this moment. But I mean, like, they exploited Jane. They framed him so he would be arrested, which isn't really great on their part either. And um, anyway, so 
Jane's in jail. Well, not quite yet. And Kaylee's not really feeling that sympathetic towards him. But I do agree that they're pro- if they're going to try and you know mount a rescue mission against the Alliance, having more bodies will probably be more of a positive than a negative. Yeah, that's true. But um, Nara meets up with her contact, and she's like, this is Boss Moon, and I saw her arrest this man, and I was shocked to see the manner of which she conducts her business, and it is certainly not befitting of an Alliance contract, and I think she should be arrested. And this is really interesting. So her contact was like, I don't want to tell you how to do your job again in bold or how to do your profession or whatever it says, but that it sounds like you're falling in love and love isn't worth it. And then Anara kind of quietly admits that she is in love with Mal. Which is we all know. I know. We but know your I feelings. liked that moment because in yeah, the she, whole show, they do this thing where they're like, I won't even admit it to myself. And it's just annoying. Like, yeah, you she, don't need to admit it to each other, but at least be honest with us, the viewer. And so I appreciate that as the reader, we get that moment. Yeah, this is the first time that it's been admitted out loud, timeline-wise. We see Mal and Boss Moon. They're having a, a little cookout, eating bugs. Gross. Like the Lion King. Did they have a cookout? No, they just ate them. Oh. But they, they did eat a lot of bugs. I don't know. They did have that one scene where there's a bunch of fire and lava. Real, it really changed the structure of that place. Yep, but that was not where the bugs were, so... But Boss Moon's mom calls again. She's like, are you still with your friend Malcolm? Like, is he a nice boy? She's like, it's not It's not what this is. We're not dating. And we find out that Boss Moon and Mal have more in common than they have separating them. But after their nice dinner, Boss Moon's like, look, I don't know what I'm going to do with you. But then all the bugs attack, so they have to run into the Unificator base because they're finally there. And Mal, who had a chance to escape, runs right into the lion's den. Although... His chance to escape was into the bugs, so... Well, he had one a while ago, I mean. Oh, yeah. But he also, I guess, technically had a chance to escape here, but not great either time. As they enter the base, the other unificators point guns at Boss Moon. They're like, and you're under arrest, too. Mal's like, ha, way to join me. Speaking of Mal running away, Anara's contact is like, well, they caught him. They say that he's an idiot who could have gotten away. Are you sure this is your man, Anara? And this is... This is definitely my favorite in our moment in this bo- in this arc. Yeah, I wouldn't exactly call him my man, but as a general <laughs> rule of thumb, it's almost certainly him. I love that because it is. It is definitely everything that Mal would do. So in another part of the world where everyone else is arrested, Kaylee blows up a wall that lets Simon and River escape jail, except Jane is still in his prison cell. And Kaylee's like, we'll leave you behind. But then another wall blows out and a bunch of the new independents show up. They're like, are you Hoban Washburn? He's like, yep. Husband of Zoe, ready to help you in battle? Let's do this. Yep. So, <laughs> I mean, good for Jane. My The best part about Jane is that his motivations are always incredibly clear. He looks entirely for what will help Jane at this moment. And you know what? Good for Jane. And then Zoe gets word that Wash, in air quotes, has been busted out of jail. And she's like, Wash was in jail? <laughs> like, whatever. We're going to continue our mission and it will just be us on this mission to go save Mal, right? You know, just us and no one else. And they're like, yeah. Yeah, just us. Just us and the... And this fleet. And everybody else that responded to our intergalactic message. But we find out what the fleet is, our other unificators. <gasps> because the unificators want to team up, because they now have some some stake in the matter with Boss Moon captured. Yeah. Now that Boss Moon is arrested and Mal is arrested, they're going to have to go up against the Alliance together. So Boss Moon and Mal's friendship... Has now created a real alliance. A real, well, not in a, not the alliance. A mini alliance against the, the alliance. <laughs> but we'll find out what happens 
next time in the Unification War, Part 2. So and that's it for this second arc. Uh, we'll kind of talk about this for a second before moving on to the one-shots, but I think this arc is really solid. What I am looking forward to doing, though, is reading the whole the story as a whole. This whole story is designed to be 12 issues, and as we're doing them in three arcs, it's very much a Acts 1, 2, and 3. And while there are a lot of moving pieces in this, I am really excited to see where Act 3 is going to go, and I think this is going to read really, really well when you can sit down with the full story. Not that it's not reading well now, but I think that's definitely going to be the best way to do it. Yeah, and for all that I gave them a little bit of a hard time for Mal's friendship with Boss Moon, I like that the characters have stayed true to who they are. Nobody's making seemingly out of character decisions. I like that we're splitting up the characters more than we've ever seen them split up. But yet it's not feeling super choppy, at least to me. No. I don't know about you. I think they've done I think that Greg Pock did a really nice job of balancing everybody's story just enough that I have a I have a great idea where everybody is, but I'm not feeling super, super lost in the middle. No, and the nice thing about this too is it's still fitting in nicely with canon. There's a few things here there. I'm like, well, that technology is a little bit different than it was before, or like minor things like that, or we don't know what's going on with like the giant bugs or the boars, but that could be explained away. We're getting added layers, like with Wash being part of a POW camp. So yeah, I mean, it's all still fitting in really nicely, which is... You know, and as the world gets larger, that's harder to do. I mean, that was your biggest concern from day one when you first told me that this was happening and you were like, but how are they going to fit it in there? I think part of it, <laughs> too, is Because they have about six weeks of empty space. This story is taking place very quickly. Like, yeah. over very few days, this whole thing is passing, which I really appreciate that they are cognizant of that time limitation. Yeah, and I went over that in the last podcast we did about this Firefly run, and I kind of worked it down to, for the entire story that's been told, where the story slots is like in, I forget what I said exactly, but I, basically they have about a month and a half, which hasn't been totally filled in right? And to play with. If you start from the beginning where we were, we're on that planet, it's probably been about a week and a half. I don't even know if it's been that long. Yeah, it could have only been a week. I think I, it's been I can't last. Remember. I think it's only been a few days. Well, I can't remember how long they were with the pilgrims. That was my biggest question. Yeah. Once Mal got arrested by Boss Moon, I don't think that this arc has taken place over more than maybe two days. Yeah. It's, it's a short period of time, which is good. If you're going to do these stories, that's what you got to do. And it feels it feels like it's moving along at a nice pace. It doesn't feel rushed. It doesn't feel like we're dragging. No, uh, this is still excellent. I am really looking forward to the third arc because that's where we're going to be dealing with the more action-heavy stuff in space battles. But we started small. We literally started this story with the, like wagons on a pilgrimage. I like to, yes, how we started small and how... It's just been building. How this feels like... This feels very much like we started with a job that our Serenity crew would take as usual. And then the Serenity crew got themselves wrapped up in this whole bigger thing accidentally. And that all feels very natural. It does not feel like, what situation are we going to stick them in this time? Yeah. Two things happened at once and it just kind of screwed everyone over. Yes. But I guess I'll do it for the second arc. We're going to move on to the Saffron one-shot Bad Company. Let's get some credits here. Written by Josh Lee Gordon, illustrated by Francesco Mortorino, and inks by Vincenzo Federici, and more art by Giuseppe. B. Cafaro and Moy R. Now, for this one... Was this a longer issue than it, normal? It is. It's a double-sided, double-sized issue. Makes me feel better. I was like, what? But to be honest, I'm not going to focus that much on it for two reasons. 
One, I'm going to tell you the ending first, which is the framing device to explain kind of why. Why we're getting this story now. And also why I'm not going to focus that deeply on it. But also, it's printings. So the only way you can get this story is you can get the original printing, fine and dandy. But if you want to get this in a graphic novel form, you could only get this story if you bought the graphic novel from Barnes & Noble. There's even a Saffron a graphic novel coming out just dedicated to her and other female characters, and this story's not even going to be printed in there. So I'm kind of getting the sense from the company that this story isn't that important to them if it's just going to be found in one weird spot. The other reason, the framing device, we find out that Boss Moon has... Found Saffron Yeah, in taken her in. After trash, after she would have been arrested by the Alliance, Boss Moon finds her in her space jail. Yes. To find out information about Malcolm Reynolds. So this story all takes place before anything that we've read so far in the Firefly comics. And what we find out, Saffron, we know, is a very experienced liar. Yeah. I mean, the fact that we're calling her Saffron right now doesn't actually... We don't even know her real name. No. And this is designed to be her origin story, but we're hearing the origin story from an unreliable narrator. And the unreliable narrator even says, I'm an unreliable narrator. So I go, okay, great. So... I'm not going to take most of what you say here as fact. That being said, I really did quite enjoy the issue itself. It's only hard to read it in the context of a full arc because, like what you said, she's an unreliable narrator. So maybe she's going to come into play in the third part of our arc, which would be really cool, actually. So she's getting her own graphic novel. Which which will be great. So you just kind of have to take it at face or you have to take it at face value what she says, or you have to decide what's reliable and what's not, which makes it an interesting story. But I take three things as kind of fact, and we'll go through it a little bit. The short gist is um, Saffron's world, she grew up poor and with her father, who was eventually killed. By the pox. Yes. And but not the Pax. I thought that was, it's so close to what happened on Miranda. It was the Pax, not the Pax. Well, Pax means peace in Latin. Well, that the G23 Hydra something Paxil correlate was, I think it was the full name. It's so close. Also, sorry that I remember that. Yeah, but I also they definitely called it Pax because Pax means peace. Oh, well, I learned a thing. In Latin. So. But yes, her father dies. So Saffron is on the street and she's stealing stuff and she runs away uh, to a companion house. She gets taken in by a companion house because she's running away from the police, basically, and and the companion lady lies and says, "Well, this is our it's our this girl. is our girl, so she lives here, so you don't have any authority to arrest her here." So I'm going to take the first thing: the father dying. I'm going to say is true because at the end of the issue, Saffron is talking to herself with inner monologue and she's talking about her dead father so i'm going to say if that's a story that she's making up and then she's saying it to herself i'm going to say that her father definitely died we don't know if it's in the manner that she says it or not in her version she blames the fact that he died of the pox on the fact that there was not enough medicine to go around and she couldn't get him the medicine that he needed so she ends up blaming it really on the alliance unclear if that's true or not but he's definitely dead and she, I believe that she believes that the Alliance is responsible for it. Whether or not it's as clear cut as she explains it to us, she definitely puts his the blame for his death on the Alliance. I'm also going to say that she had training with a companion house because we had Anara deciphering that totally separate from things that Saffron had said with her. So now if we have Saffron telling it to someone else and Anara kind of deciphering that from her own skill set, I'm going to say that also falls into the true category. Right. Whether or not she was 
more or less a jack of all trades doing servant type things at the companion house or whether she was training to be a companion. That's kind of unclear. Um, I could really go either way on that one. But then what's interesting to me, I think this is the most interesting part of the book because this this is also pre-Serenity. Saffron is saying that she was at a party with some alliance individuals and some hoity-toity people from around town, and they were saying how they didn't want to have another situation like Miranda. So this is the first indication we have that anyone kind of outside of necessarily the alliance high council knows anything about Miranda, that it is a it's a bit more of a public secret that we might know, like maybe just the wealthy know, maybe only certain alliance members know, but it's the first time we've ever seen Miranda spoken about in any context other than the message Mal sent out. Yes, and this is how it's happening in the core, because um, it is. And with our world with Serenity mostly being on the outer rim, who knows whether that information just hadn't made it off of these core planets or what's happening, but... So also yeah, interesting. I just found that little tidbit interesting. And then Saffron says that she kills the man that she blames for her father's death, and then she ran away, and now she's in prison. I believe the killing part. I don't know if she killed that guy, but she definitely has killed a lot of people. So Yeah, she's definitely killed people. And then Boss Moon is interrogating her. And hey, as we previously mentioned, Saffron kind of does some seduction stuff the way she did with Mal and takes away Boss Moon's gun, just like she did with Mal. Which was funny. And then she escapes prison. She's like, I'm off to have my own graphic novel. Pretty much. I like bringing Saffron back for this. I think that if Boss Moon were really trying to find out as much information about Mal as she could, she would go to Saffron. That feels very, very natural. I also like that Boss Moon doesn't believe this whole story either. So yeah, I like that Boss Moon's not an idiot. Yeah, she's like, yeah. I'm here for information about Malcolm Reynolds, and all I found out was you grew up in a companion house. Yeah, so I like that too. I also think it's funny that Saffron tells this whole story, but doesn't ever talk about how she knew Mal in it. Like, we just end the story before she would even have met Mal or even have gotten to the planet that she met Mal on, um, which just makes me laugh. And Bossman's like, all right, I'm done. I'm done listening to this. I am curious if the plan for this all along was let's see how well a one shot does and then we'll decide if we're going to do the graphic novel or not. Or if the sales out of this led into like, oh, this did well. Let's do something else with her. The chicken or the egg. Yeah. Don't know. Who knows? Definitely people at Boom, not me. I mean, I liked the whole story, though. It just doesn't really go into our arc very much yet. And then finally, we get the free comic book day special. It's half Buffy, half Firefly. You all probably got it. It was free. Yeah. So this, again, is more about Boss Moon. Free comic book day specials always have this fine line to tread because not everybody's going to have access to it. So you want it to be interesting and related to your current story, but yet... It can't be the most crucial piece of information because you want people to be able to find that still. So here we go with Boss Moon's backstory. Yeah, we find that she is living on planet Barstow after the war. This is also, as the Saffron one was the earliest story, this is now the earliest story. We just keep on going further back. So the local sheriff brings her a pie to welcome her there. And she's like, I don't want your pie. I don't want your friendship. I just want to farm, but I'm going to eat your pie once you leave. And I'm also going to shoot this gigantic boar that can stand on its hind legs that's behind you. Yes. He is a monster. He is a monster. This is not the same planet that they end up on with the bugs, right? No. Okay. But this gigantic Pumbaa, we'll call him. Wow. First we have Maris, now we have Pumbaa. Can you tell what we've been watching on TV recently, guys? And so he's like, are you sure you don't want to join us? We would love your help to... We have delicious pie save our people and keep us safe and she's like nope the war's over i don't want to deal with guns anymore except i just killed that for you so leave me alone yeah they want help with the bandits in town and she doesn't want to help but then she hears gunfire so then she helps 
And yes. She, she kills all the bandits. Yes. And the sheriff's like, thanks so much. You're the best. But before they could do anything, an alliance cruiser lands, and she's recruited into the Unificators, ready to hunt down Malcolm Reynolds. Yep. So. That's it. That's it. It's fine. No, it's totally fine. Yeah. I, it gives us a little more backstory on Boss Moon. I w- now that we've read that most recent Firefly one, I wish it was a backstory on Wash's POW time. I know. I like the fact that we're getting Boss Moon's reluctance to be a unificator. Unificator. Again, it just, I like how we have humanized Boss Moon. Yeah, it's been very we fleshed slow. her out more than just like, I'm not a mustache twirling villain. Like I'm a character with depth and pesos and regret and also anger. And a mom. Pathos. What did I say? Pesos. Pesos? She has has so many pesos. (laughs) You know what? I'm trying to use smart literary terms. It would help if I pronounced them correctly. What was that English major? Huh? (laughs) Yeah, I should have heard how many times it took me to say recruitment before I edited it out. But I also like, too, how it's been building over these 10 issues, I guess, that we have here. That it wasn't like, issue one, here's all of the backstory for this new character that you don't know or care about yet. That we started with setting up that adversarial position, and then slowly we would add tidbits in until yeah. we got... A, I feel like I have a pretty good idea of who Boss Moon is now. And that, kids, is how you do exposition. Organically, over time, you don't just have a big dump in the middle of everything and say, and this is how I came from in my evil plan. <laughs> Right. I'm really anti-lazy exposition, and this book has been doing it very well. We were watching a movie the other day, and I just heard your voice in my head being like, that's lazy exposition. Was it Spider-Man? I refuse to say. It was Spider-Man, but- <laughs> wasn't it? When they just stop for five minutes in the middle of a movie to do a massive exposition dump, I'm like, I don't care how flashy the scene looks, you're just talking to me for five minutes. And all I could hear was your voice being like, lazy exposition. And I just knew, I knew that... I think we were driving home separately, but when I got home, all I was going to hear about was that lazy exposition scene. I just think you brought it up. I didn't even bring it up. Just because I heard your head. You <laughs> talked to me about it a lot before you actually talked to me about it. <laughs> okay, great. I do remember sitting there just being like, boy, that's a lot. That's a lot of it right there. Moving on with the story now, fantastic. So anyway, all good things. I'm excited to see what... Act- I thought you were going to say must come to an end, <laughs> I guess, if you want to call it this podcast. I mean, we can. I was going to say that this arc is all full of good things. I'm really excited about the new characters that Greg Pak has added in. Yeah, they're all fun. I've enjoyed both of the characters, I think, are fun. And I do like that Chang Benitez does have this roguish quality, but he's also a little bit of a nerd. His name is Leonard. <laughs> he should be. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really a lovely part two to our three-part story yeah this is act two and it, for an act two story i mean it is an act two story and i mean that in the best way possible it's doing exactly what it needs to do so there you go so i guess we'll be back in another couple of months but if you want to get issue by issue reviews we do non-spoiler and spoiler reviews over on patreon.com slash editors note comics if you like what we say if you hate what we say uh if you could throw us a review over on itunes or you can send us an email if you want at editors comics at gmail.com or they can tweet at you did you already say that i didn't but they can you tweet a lot. I, that is a lie. You tweet more than I do. I tweet like maybe three or four days out of the week. And of those three, it's usually one tweet. No, no. You got very offended at that. I did not mean it in an offensive way. I, I meant not tweet a lot. I meant that you were active on Twitter. Like if somebody tweets at you, you will tweet back. Usually. That's what I mean. I don't mean like you're an over tweeter. I just, 
I didn't mean that to be an offensive thing that you took it that way. Look, I just, if I have something to say, I'll say it, but you know. I know. So, all right, let me start again. You're pretty active on Twitter, so if somebody <laughs> tweets at you, you'll probably respond. But we'll be back to do, uh, on this channel, I guess Buffy or Angel will be next, I'm not quite sure. We're a whole channel now? Well, I mean, yeah. Cool. We've always been a channel. I don't know, it's just funny to hear, on this channel, we're like NBC. But without the money. Right. And the respect. Anyway, we'll talk to you guys later. Yeah. We'll finish up this arc as soon as it's all done, but beyond that, we'll be here for other Buffy and Angel stories. We'll see you later. Bye.